welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music in three songs, where you get to learn everything you need to know about music in three songs from the perspective of a 20-something-year-old. That is you. And a 40-something-year-old. And that is me. That is you. All right, so what, uh, what are we doing today? What's up with that song? All right, so we are going to do who is, in my opinion, like the most influential hip-hop artist of all time, Dr. Dre. Oh, all right. I have to say, I do know some things about Dr. Dre. I am excited to get your opinion on him, though, from your perspective. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's safe to say, especially now with the whole headphone deal and uh, just really his influence, almost everybody who's familiar with hip-hop knows who right. Dr. I mean, I would say yeah. everyone who knows anything about hip-hop knows who Dr. Dre I is, at least. your grandfather would know who Dr. Dre is, He does. Right? We actually yeah, had okay. this conversation before me and him. Oh, no I was, way. Yeah, I was explaining the headphones and... Because he kept saying he saw everyone having them. And anyway, yeah. long story short, everyone knows who Dr. Dre is. And I'm going to tell you why he's so important and why everyone knows who he is. Okay. All right. So. Oh, wait, wait. Before you start, I just want to say, because this is kind of my barometer, I have vinyl. <laughs> I have the chronic on vinyl. So do I. Okay. I do. Okay. Yeah, I have old That's kind of become too. my barometer of like how to measure if, if an artist is that important to me. If they make it to the vinyl collection, and I gotta say, I have one thing from Dr. J, and it's that dude. I don't even own a record player, and I bought this record. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, I let me it. hear it. I'm going. excited. Okay, so I'm excited so to hear this. We're gonna we're gonna go back to to Dr. J, and I'm just basically gonna tell you about where he comes from. Okay, like, kind of his beginnings, and then we'll get into why he's such an important person. Awesome. So Dr. J is from Compton, California. Yep. He grew up there, um, kind of in the really rough time, the '80s. When stuff was really, really rough there, there's a lot of segregation still going on, um, a lot of social injustice. People are, like, the black community is just having a really bad go at it. They're, yeah. they're being treated terribly. Plus, police brutality in the police 80s brutality in was L.A. was unreal. a big deal, very big deal, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, unbelievable still to me, seeing documentaries, how crazy it was. Anyway, Dr. Dre lived through that, mm-hmm. and uh, he always loved music. Like since he was a young boy, he, his mom said that he was just always listening to music. And so he knew that one way or another, he was going to make a living off of music. And we'll fast forward to his teenage years. He starts DJing. Okay. We talked about yep. DJing with some other people. Yep. Um, he starts spinning records uh, for a group called the World Class Wrecking Crew. Okay. And we'll, right. we'll talk about them. But before we do that, we need to talk about what California music was back then. All right. The scene in California, like in the 80s music-wise, was was chill, like party music. Like it wasn't anything hardcore, like when you think of like West Coast rap. Right. It was all like happy-go-lucky, like everyone's just trying to dance and get girls and dress like funky. Okay. Like they're still just having fun out there. They live by the beach, like well, they got nothing to worry about. There's police brutality and all that stuff, but... They're, they're still all, they're just like trying to put all that aside and they're having fun. So this is world, this is like what Dre was spinning okay. at, with the world-class wrecking crew. They all were right, wearing me... like silk outfits he, and he'd wear like a, a pink silk surgeon's mask when he was what? spinning. Uh, yeah. Dr. Dre. Okay. Okay. So this is surgery by Dr. Dre. It's like technoless. Literally. They wow. were like dancing to techno yeah. stuff out there. Speakers. Records. <laughs> Mixer. Speakers. It's that electronic hip hop, early, early, early rap kind of stuff, huh? No, literally. I mean, it's like, yeah. I'm not talking about the rules in the middle. It's just. Dr. Dre. 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 Dr. D
That's techno music, wow, it, it That's is. like where techno it, and hip-hop yeah. kind of started intertwining. Wow, okay. Anyway, so that's the type of stuff he's doing. Well, that's just not for him. Fast forward a little bit more, and he gets together with some other guys in his neighborhood to form um, this this really small group. Not many people have heard of it called NWA. <laughs> okay. And uh, he forms that with Easy e Ice Cube, DJ Yellow, MC Ren, yeah. a bunch of other guys. And uh, I had the tape. Do you? Re- I the had tape? the tape. Wow. Yeah. That's old school. I just, want, I just want you to let's just leave that there. Well, anyway, <laughs> so so they get together and they're making music that's totally different. Right. I mean, NWA, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with it or have at least heard of it, but NWA was like rough they had, music. Yeah. I mean, they had something to say. They were powerful. They were outspoken. Yeah, they, were. they had attitude. I mean, it was, they, they, had, they had an agenda. But let's go ahead and say first that they were kids. Yeah. I mean, they were literally kids. Yeah. Early 20s. I mean, late teens, right? Yeah. He gets together with these guys and he, he produces for NWA. Okay. Um, he, he raps in a bunch of their songs and stuff too, but he's the producer. Ice Cube writes the songs. Um, Easy E, you know, you could tell him by his, his oh, yeah. old whiny voice. Yeah. But anyway, this the is like, screechy voice. I love it. It's like one of their first songs that they really put out. Are we going into crazy, song number one? So, or is this still no, just, this is just warming me this up. This is just me like right. telling you like the transition okay. of how he went from world class, world class record to kind of what he did. Okay. Cruising down the street in my six fall. Yep. Jocking the freaks, clocking the dough. Went to the park to get the scoop. Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoop. A car pulls up, who I mean, you could just be? hear yeah. different. A fresh El Camino rolling kilo G. Like, this is, this is gangster rap. Yeah. yeah. It's all about making that GTA. Cause the boys in the hood are always hard. Anyway, so Dre produced all that. So he goes from World Class Wrecking Crew where... He's playing in the club every night for people to come dance and just have a good time to now he's got something to say. He's producing with NWA who goes on to be like a social icon um, for what's really happening out in California. Right. Um, And then really just gets into the music. Like while it is a lot about the look what's happening in our neighborhoods. Because you're talking mid to late 80s, right? I mean, this is. Yeah, yeah, that's late 80s. So he's doing all that, but he's still, like, he loves music. That's his thing. He just loves music. And he works with them for a while. They all go their separate ways. And he ends up producing one of the best albums of all time. Like, arguably the best hip-hop album of all time. Okay. Up there with Illmatic and... Okay. I mean, personally, I think it's, like, the the pinnacle hip-hop album. Really? It's The Chronic. Yeah. 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 So he produces The Chronic... And he doesn't, he didn't more than produce it though. I mean, he, he raps yeah. on it. Yeah. I mean, he, so he, he does everything. He so blends this is what, genres on it. He features other artists on it. I mean, yeah. So this it's is, it's a proper album. I mean, it's really well done. Dr. Dre's approach to producing is, or to like making a record is totally different than anyone else. He is a perfectionist and he's not like, say, a Zaytoven nowadays. And no disrespect to any of these people. It's just, right. it's not that they're bad. It's just different. Right. But he's not like Zaytoven or Metro Boomin or, or a producer of a rock band who's just going to go in there and, you know, lay down the parts and tweak it to where it sounds good and then get somebody to come rap over it. Right. Or, like, play the synths, play the drums, and then find a rapper. Dr. Dre would sit in there and obsess over individual sounds. Wow. And he recognized that his, you know, his talent wasn't necessarily rapping, but was really, like, actually making the sounds and stuff. So he would produce an album for himself that had probably more 
verses from other people than him himself. Sure. He would get other people to come rap on his song because he was more focused on actually perfecting right. the, the beat itself. Yeah. So all the pieces, all the individual pieces and how they come together. Yeah, and not, yeah. he he would produce the song, he would get the artist for the song, and he mixed it and engineered it himself, which is incredible. So whenever he's going around and he's first trying to get people to pick up the chronic, he's hitting all these record places and people are turning him down. All these labels are like, mm, I don't know. You know, they've got lawsuits against him still from right. all of their issues with Death Row and anyway. It, it somehow from a friend lands in the hands of Jimmy Iovine. Okay. And are you familiar with Jimmy Iovine? A little bit. Yeah, of course. I, I would love to do a whole podcast we on could. him because he is just incredible. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go watch The Defiant Ones on, on HBO, HBO yeah. about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. It is incredibly powerful and you get a real full story of both of them. But anyway, Jimmy Iovine, who's known for just having this immaculate ear for music, he can and, hear and, everything. And, and, and also just his steadfast ability to just never give up. I mean, he will put in hours upon hours. He's gone four, five, six days without sleep until he gets something where we would just glaze over like whatever. Absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah. He, like he like, annoyingly perfect. Well, that's why him and Dre end up being like perfect for each other. But yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. he knows what sounds right. He right. knows what sounds and good. Until he gets it, he right. doesn't give up. And he's not afraid to tell you that's not right. right. That's not right. Yep. Anyway, he... Uh, it lands, the chronic lands in his hands, and he's like, okay, bring me this guy. So Dre goes in there, and he plays it for him, and he goes, this is incredible. He, who actually like produces for you? And he goes, me. He goes, well, yeah, who, who mixed it for you? And he goes, me. He goes, so let me get this straight. You produced this and engineered this whole thing to yourself. And he's quoted saying that it was the best sounding album he'd ever heard the best mixed album wow. he's ever heard he goes it's better than anything any of these rock guys were putting out any of the any genre hip-hop whatever he goes the mixing on this was the best thing i've ever wow. heard and he said that whenever he heard it it was like hearing the rolling stones for the first time he didn't know who dr dre was he, he had never even heard of him right but he goes it was like hearing the stones for the first time like they scared you but you knew that wow. they were the real deal oh, that's awesome and he he told him he knew right away, he goes, this guy is going to change music forever. That's awesome. And people didn't want to take a shot on Dre because he had so many problems and he just came from a group that was getting chased off the stage by police for saying F the police. You know, right. they got a letter from the FBI saying, cut that out. You can't play your music anymore. <laughs> right. No one wanted to touch him with a 10 foot pole. But Jimmy Iovine picks him up and says, yeah, you're the guy. And Dre loved him because he didn't say, all right, how many records do you think this can sell? Or what, what, what's your money look like from your last albums? He just said, let's make some more of this music. Wow. And Dre was always in it for the music too. So this first song is Off the Chronic, and it's my favorite song, Off the Chronic. Oh, really? It is called Little Ghetto Boy. Okay. Um, the features in it are incredible. I mean, you got Snoop Dogg on a song with Dr. Dre. You know it's going to be good. But listen to his ability to add that West Coast sound with yep. his little mini Moog synthesizer. Yep. Right. But also the sampling he does in there. This man puts a flute solo on a gangster <laughs> rap song called Lil Ghetto Boy. He does. Oh, that's great. So, all of you Africans, all of you Africans that know how to do that, that's hard for all the people. Y'all need to open your own business. Save your money. And this is a running song. Yeah, great. Save your money. Stop your own business. Wait, 
listen to how everything connects, every, you can hear every single sound articulate itself. Beautiful. Wake up, jumped out my bed. I'm in a two-man cell with my homie's little half-dead. Murder was the case that they gave me. Dear God, I wonder, can you save me? I'm only 18, so I'm a young buck. It's a ride if I don't scrap, I'm getting stuck. But that's the life of a G, I guess. Essays way deep, shank two in the chest. Best run, cause brothers is dropping quicker. I love rap music and I like this a lot, but if I took out Snoop Dogg on top of this and right. played this in a group of 70-year-old people yeah. that are at like a that's ball, a fair point. they would love it because they'd really be like, this point. is good music. Yeah, that's a really fair point. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, with Snoop Dogg on there, but listen to that move. That's that West Coast. Yeah. All right, hold on. I'm going to fast forward to okay. the, uh, the flute solo. It's my favorite part. Alright, listen, this man sampled a flute what you're gonna do when you grow up. and made it sound gangster. Anyway, I could listen nah, to that all great. day. That's great. That's so great. No, you're absolutely right. So, just anyway, his ability to, to get other people and recognize that we skipped over his verse, but to recognize that he is not pushing himself as a rapper, but as a producer. I mean, if you go listen to to anybody who puts out an album, rap specifically, when they're sharing verses and getting features on their song, very rarely do they let the other people go first. Good point. It's your song. You go spit on it, and then you got someone else to top it on your track. Good point. But yeah. you, you don't get people to rap first on your track and then you come kill it. Some some people do nowadays it switched up but especially back then and uh yeah, there's an order. Like, yeah, there's, there's a there's, respect order. Yeah, and and maybe not always chronological but generally if it's your song, you're either 100% the yeah, hook yeah. or and or the first verse. Good point. But Dre Dre wasn't about that. He knew that he was producing music, but like I said, you could play that in front of old people and they <laughs> dig it. It's just quality music. Yeah, good I point. could play every song off that for one of my songs, but I uh, I won't do that. I'll jump forward a little bit. Um, Dre also takes a long time between each of his records. Really? And hasn't put out... He's put out like three studio albums. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I mean, since the early, early 90s. So where are you going to go next? So I'm going to go to his next one. And this is Dr. Dre's The Chronic 2001. Okay. That came out in, you guessed it, 1999. <laughs> Don't ask yeah. me why. Um did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two thousand one, and it came out in nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Well, I never. Um, you know, it's funny. I never knew that. This I never is, realized that. So this is a uh, a very popular Dre song. This is going in the song too. This is going in okay. the song too. Um, and the reason that I picked this song is it again just like shows Dr. Dre's ability to create a track by using actual instruments. And bringing in other people. Like, he's not afraid to say, I'm going to produce this track, but he's better at the piano. So I'm going to get him to play the piano. And this guy plays a snare drum incredibly well. I'm going to bring him in to play the snare. Okay. Yeah. He's not like, I'll do it, I'll do it. Like he session just, musicians. Yeah. He, yeah. he uses session musicians in rap music. Like, he'll bring in a guy to literally sit there in front of a microphone and play the snare. And I'll be like, no, do it again. <laughs> and then he'll do it until he gets it perfect. It takes him forever to produce these tracks. But they're perfect. So he, I really like this song a lot. Um... And everyone knows it, but 
the piano is done by Scott Storch. Okay. Who was like a super producer, used to be super famous and, and really He's well off. He's kind of making a bit of a comeback, though. If, he is right? making yeah, a bit of a comeback. Yeah, from what I read. For those of you who don't know, Scott Storch, he's this uh, larger white Jewish guy who... He's just a piano-like yeah. virtuoso, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He just, and he's good on the drums. But yeah, he's just a piano guru. Like, you can go on Instagram and watch him play, and it's just mesmerizing. Yeah. Anyway, so... And correct me if I'm wrong. He, like, he had so much money from being so popular, from making and producing so many different... Hundreds of millions of dollars. And blew it, like... All of it. Yeah, okay. Like, I, I want to say it was, like, $180 million. It may be more than that. Wow. It was, like, $180 million and he developed a really bad Coke problem and blew all of it. Yeah, and there's one of those... Every quick, quick, one of the stories that dollar. I heard was that he, he, had a, he was dating this girl, and he had, like, an 80-foot yacht, and it was parked next to a 120-foot yacht. <laughs> so he goes... Okay, then and he bought that one too. Like, yeah, he had he a job that wasn't big enough, <laughs> yeah. so he got a bigger one. Right, right. Just that kind of shit. Okay. People, uh, rappers talk about going to his house in Miami for the first time, and they say it's the most unbelievable thing that they've ever witnessed. Right. He was flying PJs everywhere. Anyway, blows bad for you, and he <laughs> lost all his money. But he plays the <laughs> right, piano go. on this, and that, that's incredible to me that he's willing to bring somebody else to play. Sure. On this song. So, this is Still DRE by uh, Dr. Dre, again featuring Snoop Dogg. Love it. Yeah, nigga, I'm still fucking with you. Still waters one day. Such a great sample. The piano is, the piano is killer. Nah, nah, nigga. I don't even yeah, sample. No, 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 I didn't mean it that way. It's just such a perfect still, piano piece. Still doing that shit. So, what's fun about this piano piece is, is everyone tries to play it on the piano. Yeah. But Scott Storch recently came out and goes, I've been watching everyone do it wrong for years. He goes, everyone's playing all three of them at the same time. He goes, you got to roll your fingers. And if you go watch Scott Storch play it, you can hear That's the great. That's great. That's great. But again, listen to every single little piece. They're not complex, but every sound is inside. It works. They want to know if he still got it. They say rap's changed. They want to know how I feel about it. you ain't up on Dr. Dre is the name. I'm ahead of my game. Still loving police. Still not loving police. Still rock my khakis with a cuff and a crease. Every now and again, still got love for the streets. I mean, it's incredibly simple. It really is. It's so well put together. You can't not like this. So that's the thing that's so impressive about Dr. Dre is all of his beats are pretty simple, but they're so beautifully produced. He fills every single space of air in a song that nothing is left empty. But it's not overdone. Hitting them counters in the molos, girl. Still taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love for the streets. It's the DR. Since the last time you anyway, so the back and forth between him and Snoop Dogg is absolutely incredible. Kept my ear to the streets. Signed Eminem. And we didn't even talk about Snoop. And we didn't talk about how much of an influence Dre. I know we don't. I know. Sorry, that's true. But I mean, Dre was such an influence on Snoop. And All right, go ahead. Go. So... That's a funny thing that you mentioned that. So to me, the most impressive part about Dr. Dre is his mentoring abilities yeah. to other artists. Think about how far that reach goes. So Dr. Dre, I said in the beginning that I think he's the most influential person in all right. of hip hop ever, yet he's only produced three studio albums, right. and one of them just came out recently. But it's not his music that I think makes Dr. Dre so absolutely unbelievable. Right. It's... Him taking these artists that he sees potential in, just like Jimmy Iovine said, okay, I hear that, and that's good. Right. He'd take an artist, and no matter what he thought about their record sales, no matter what he thought about who they were, he'd hear their music and go, you. You're going to be special. Let's work together. Yeah. Obviously, everyone wanted to work with Dr. Dre. Sure. So he did that with Snoop Dogg. 
He did that with Tupac. I mean, yeah. he literally would just hand select these people. I mean, look at Eminem. Eminem. I mean, come on. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. The yeah. game. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Right. He would just grab these people and make music that was perfect for them. Many artists will produce a beat and say, that's a sick beat. Who can I give this beat to? Like, who deserves to rap on this? Right. Dr. Dre did it the opposite. He would find these artists and be like, this is his style. I'm going to make a beat specifically for him. that wow. style. Wow. So this isn't one of the songs, but this is just a great example. So the game, he's a 6'4", blood from Compton, just like hood, hood dude. Right. And he's kind of like scary, mean. And when you hear this beat, West Side Story that Dre made for him, you know that it's going to ready to be a mean, mean song. Yeah. Just aggressive, yeah. not like Trey's other stuff. No. I mean, aggressive. Right. Right. You always have to let you know it's him. All these motherfuckers been patiently waiting since the West Coast fell off. The streets been watching. The West Coast never fell off. I was anyway. So, wow. so that doesn't sound like anything that we've listened to sure. yet. Because he doesn't make music and then find artists. He takes these artists and builds beats and sounds that will complement them right. and give them a unique sound. Each one of those artists that I mentioned, Kendrick, um, 50 Cent, The Game, Snoop, Eminem, they right. all have such distinct, no. unique That's so fair, because th- think about the music that Eminem would make is totally different than the stuff Snoop would make. It totally sounds different than the stuff that's coming from Kendrick. It t- I mean, it, it, they're all individuals. So my, my third and final song is actually an Eminem song. Really? It's not even a Dre song, but it's a Dre-produced track, and it's because... It is so uniquely Eminem, which is funny. It's not uniquely okay. Dre. It's so uniquely Eminem because Dre saw him, stuck his neck out for him. Like, no one wanted to sign Eminem. Right. Um, everyone's looking for the next big hip-hop artist that's going to blow up. And they bring him Eminem, and they're like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Scrawny little white dude. Yeah. blue eyes and blonde hair. Like, absolutely not. And right. he's like, no, you got to listen to him. And they're like, no, no, no. He's not going to sell records. This is not what we want. And Dre basically stuck his neck out and said, I'm vouching for him. You've got to give him a shot and works with them right. and just sees something that nobody else sees. Like nobody believed Eminem. They thought this guy is just like, why does Dre even look right. at this kid? Right. But he saw something in him and that quirky, like if you listen to old Eminem, it's just, right. you know, whiny and saying some really crude stuff. But Dre saw that knew that it was good, and was able to build around him. And so... Now I'm curious where you're going to go. So this is uh, this song is My Name Is by Eminem, and you'll know the beat when you hear it, but just listen to how goofy Eminem is and stuff, and listen to all the crazy stuff he says, and how much this beat compliments Eminem. Okay. M got in the studio and said, and was doing all this stuff, and like thought he was being goofy, said he thought Dre was going to cut him off, but Dre said, no, I want more of that, keep going. And he just built this around him. So this is My Name Is by okay. Eminem. all right. Goofy. Nothing like you heard from Dre. Or anyone. Compare that to the game. Excuse me. My name is... Can I have the attention of the class? And listen to how terrible your verses are. I mean, great, but different. Do you like violence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanna see me stick nine-inch nails to each one of my eyelids? 
Wanna copy me and do exactly like I did? Wow. Try yeah, yeah. totally different. But when M came out is. with this, my brain it was like I'm trying to get my head straight, but I can't figure totally out different. which Nobody did anything like this, and I don't think it was in the sense. What about them, Shady? You a basic? Uh-uh. What about the little face Man, you wasted. Well, since age twelve, I felt like I'm someone like else. This belongs to a white dude from Detroit. Totally. Got pissed off and ripped Pamela Lee's tits off and smacked her so hard I knocked the clothes back. That's not anything no. <laughs> Dre was making. You don't hear that like, no. West Coast vibe. It's to not it. NWA. No, it's not you any- hear. You hear the Midwest. You hear yep. a white dude who's got bleach blonde hair rapping about so fair ripping someone's tits off. <laughs> I mean, he his ability to just build around him is incredible, and he continued to do that and continued to work with him until I mean Eminem is like. Everybody in the world knows who Eminem right, of is. Of course, of course. Um, and it's it's all because of Dr. Dre. It's one thousand percent because of Dr. So Dre. True. Eminem will tell you that too. Yeah. So that's what makes him so impressive to me. Is I just used him as an example, but he's done that with many who artists. Who's his new guy now? This Anderson Pac guy. Anderson Pac. Yeah. yeah. yeah Anderson so Pack. what? What? I mean, I've heard one song, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. This is different. This is jazzy. This is new. Mm-hmm. And then I when I heard. Dre's working with him, so what, does it kind of make sense to you? Because he's different, totally but you, different. you feel it, and you now with, I get with it. All these artists, when they come out, you're like, "This is great," but I don't really know why. Yeah, like you hear Eminem, and if you had come to people in the late '90s, early 2000s, and been like, "We're gonna give you this like Aryan looking guy who's gonna rap about <laughs> right. rape and right. taking yeah. too many pills," do you want to hear it? People would be like, "Get out of here!" But you right. hear it, and you're like. Dig yeah. this. This is crazy. I don't know why, but I like it. Yep. Everything he touches turns to gold. Anderson Pack is this uh he's this rapper slash drummer who I, I'm honestly not super, super familiar with right. him. Um I know that Dre just mixed his last album, which means that it's gonna be it's gonna sound incredible. <laughs> right. But uh yeah, he raps and plays the drums, like live oh, plays the wild. drums. Yeah. And he sounds totally different than anyone else right yeah. now, but he sounds good and you don't really know why. Yeah, but he sounds good, and Dre recognized that, and he's he's mixed his album. And when Dre mixes an album, he doesn't halfway do it; he perfects it. So it comes through; it really shows. But I really incredible. like what you said. I, I think the, one of the biggest things I took away from what you said is just how he doesn't make something and see who it would fit. He makes something that fits the person. He recognizes talent and says, "How can I magnify that?" And he makes every yes, and he makes it so perfect like yeah. nothing is like okay let's see if we'll, we'll do this and if it works then we'll really get after it he every single thing he does is 100 percent. i'm giving it my all and uh one of my favorite things i've ever heard from him was uh, in this book that i'm reading called three kings it was talking about his headphone deal with uh beats right and uh monster cable right. with jimmy Iovine, right. and they were saying he said um i don't care if people download my music illegally, what I do care about is people listening to my music that I've worked so hard on through <laughs> shitty headphones right. and stripping away all the time and work I put into it. So wow. he made these awesome headphones specifically for really his kind of music sure. because he wanted everyone to hear how incredible what he He wanted you to is. hear it the way he wanted you to hear it. I love that though. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm more upset about the fact that you're not listening to it how I want you to be That's listening great. to it. Than, yeah, so. That's really great. He, he's absolutely incredible. And he, with the beats, um, I'm a huge fan, but he went through and personally tuned them how he likes them. So they're a little bass heavy, but 
if you listen to any of Dr. Dre's yeah, albums it through it there, fits, it just right. sounds how he wanted it to sound. Sure. So it's it's really, really cool. So what are you going to bring me out? What are you going to take me out on? It, it, it pains me to take you out so early because I could spend days <laughs> I know you talking could. about you. The, See, the producer rappers like Kanye West and Dr. Dre, to me, it's not like a lot of other artists where you can go, this is their best verse. Right. Like with Jay-Z, you could probably, like he's got so many incredible songs sure. and albums and same with Nas, but you could sit down and go, this is his best verse. Or you could say one of these three yeah. is his best verse somewhere in there. But when they're doing so much, like producing, rapping and mixing all this, sure. how are you going to, how are you going to pick that? Now that's a good point. Because, but, but like you said, if you, it's because it's so hard to do these kinds of artists in three songs. And if it was easy... It wouldn't be worth doing them. I agree, but these are just extra hard for me because, like, <laughs> I didn't even I let just... it play the whole way through because it's a really long song. But in Little Ghetto Boy, a good minute and a half is literally nothing but a flute. No. I know I mentioned that. <laughs> nothing but a flute, his drums, and a couple other noises that he puts in there. So it's like, you don't realize it, but it's him showing off his production and his mixing. So that's what's so incredible about right. it. Whereas I could go find his best no. rap verse, I or I could go find his best drum track it's just it's really hard with these guys because there's so many of each song you want to do yeah i'm gonna take you out with a little chronic action this is let me ride biatch good way to ride out go listen to chronic everybody yeah it's the best hip-hop album of all time all right we'll leave it there we want to uh thank you for listening and uh we will see you next time I got my Glock cock, cause niggas won't ease. No soon as I said it, seems I got sweated by some nigga with a tech nine trying to take mine. You wanna make me?